Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. Hey, it's me, SJ. We're actually super busy this week. Peter has just launched his Kickstarter, which you can actually find at ninjutsugame.com. And he's already, I think he got fully funded in two hours and he's now, he's just killing it. Anyway, you can go check that out. So because we're both really busy, what we've done this week is we're actually replaying an extended edition of an old episode, episode 50, which was our like anniversary episode from last year, which is between me and Peter's partner, Roxy. Well, now Peter's husband, Roxy. So... This is like I think an hour and 10 minutes of us meeting really for the first time. Hope you like it, enjoy it, and hope you have a damn good week. Bye-bye. So this week is a particularly interesting episode because this is our anniversary episode and it's just me in a room. There's no one else, just me. That's not true. There's someone else here. (gasps) Would you like to just, who are you? Who are you? That's a question I've been asking myself for years, but uh, <laughs> I am uh, Lucy and I am one of Peter's partners. One of Peter's partners. I mean, th- I feel like that's a bit of an undersell. I'm the one that uh, lives with him. Yes. The one that lives with Peter, planning on having family together, partner. That one, you know, not to make it hierarchical, but... I'm not... <laughs> Oh, oh, I didn't take folic acid today yet. What do you need folic acid for? It's a thing that I do before you start doing that type of thing. Oh, oh, before you start having, like, making babies. Yeah. You're supposed to, like, get down on that first, so. Do you do that every, okay, I have, like, not the first faintest clue about having babies, except that I'm going to get an IUD tomorrow and I'm terrified. Okay, but why are you terrified? Um, have you ever had one before, first of all? No, I have not had one before. And two, I'm terrified because I think that it might hurt. Different people have different sort of feedback on that. Yeah. Because you have an IUD. I do have an IUD. What kind of IUD are you getting? A marina. So the hormonal kind, right? Yeah, so the hormonal kind. Because the person that I saw who happened to be a male doctor, but it specializes in uh, women's health, said don't get the copper one. It's a bad time. Why did he say don't get the copper one? Uh, I think because usually it makes people's periods worse and, like, they have a less great time with that whole part of it. And with the marina, usually it makes everything, you know, less painful, less periods. Sometimes you stop having a period. Okay, so, but wait... I'm not saying that this is not common knowledge because I'm sure it's common knowledge, but I could guarantee that if you put this up on the internet, there's going to be at least one person saying, I don't know what an IUD is. This is true. 
An IUD is an intrauterine device. It is a form of contraception. It's like a little, like a four centimeter tall plastic T, or if you get the copper one, it has copper in it, uh, that gets put into your uterus and it makes it inhospitable to um, babies. So an IUD is a device that has been around for thousands of years in various iterations. At its earliest, it was like rocks and sticks, like completely unpleasant, but the type of thing that would be inserted into livestock. So this was a thing that used to be done. (laughs) I saw you making the face before you made the sound, so that was kind of (laughs) lovely. But... um, what an, what an IUD does is it disrupts an egg's ability to implant in the uterine wall, and then you cannot have the babies. But the hormonal one is better than the copper one because it releases a really, really low amount of hormones into your system. So eventually you'll have a lighter period until your periods stop altogether. So it's not just disrupting the implantation physically, it's also chemically too. But the pain situation is uh, hilarious. I don't know how much you've done research about what the insertion process is like. Uh, I've done a lot (laughs) of... Do you want me to tell you? (laughs) I've done a lot of like asking everyone I know who has an IUD and asking people online, what is it like, blah, blah, blah. And I did a bunch of research in terms of like the difference between the copper and the hormone one. But... What do you think? Why is it hilarious? I've not heard anyone say that. That was a completely facetious use of the word (laughs) hilarious. So there are academic papers that are posted that are not paywalled. And because I'm just a total lay person, I'm not at all educated in, in medicine in any type of way, right? I have read the abstracts of the papers that I've seen, but I haven't read the the whole thing because there'd be no point, right? It would be lost on me. But apparently the efficacy for pain relief is really and truly, it's, it's unworkable. So I'll give you an example. When I went to get my IUD put in, like I've had a copper one, which was incredibly painful. I have heard that the copper ones are more painful. Yeah, because your body's like once a month goes, what, what is this? It's an irritant. Get it out, get it out. And so periods are heavier, cramps are worse. It's just like, it's, it's not pleasant. And it's particularly problematic because, you know, I'm trans. So <laughs> reminding me that I've got ah. a uterus once a month is uh, not very fun. But whereas using an IUD, which may eventually stop you from having periods is lovely that sounds like it would be wow i hadn't thought about that before huh when i went to go and have mine put in i had um percocet because i had just broken my ankle so i i I can only take a half of one at a time because it my body's too sensitive to handle that so i took a half of my last half of percocet from my ankle break and i was wobbly and floppy and I go into the doctor's office and I put my little feet up in the stirrups and she's like okay you're gonna feel some pressure which was an understatement yeah and it was (laughs) the level of acuity it was marked but it only lasts for a very short amount of time and considering that it's like in there for five years 
Yeah. Depending on what, what type of one you've got. Like, it was totally worth it. It it will not be pleasant. It will be over very fast. So there's the, like, thing when they actually put it in. There's that bit. And then there's, like, I think, you know, like, 24 hours where you might, like, because, you know, yours is like, what the hell is this? Cramp, cramp, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I'm someone who, I've been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Oh, fun for you. Fun for me. It's actually not that much of a problem for me personally. Uh, what was I going to say? PCOS is going to co- help to cause you problems when you uh, have your your IUD in for a day while your body's acclimating? No, so it's not to do with that. So because I have PCOS, I... So, like, for instance, right now I'm getting my period and I have my period so infrequently that I always forget what it's like. <laughs> like, that's honestly... <laughs> like, I've never had a regular period. It's always been pretty all over the place. And so it means I'm like, oh, that's what that thing is again. That's how little I have my period. I don't really get bad period pain or anything like that. And so I think in terms of my sensitivity, I'm probably very sensitive to period pain-like symptoms. And then I might be less equipped to deal with them. I think about it like, so I have a really not sensitive scalp because I've had long hair a lot of my life and just like brushed it to shit. Like just everything on the top of my head, just no receptors, no receptors. But (laughs) in terms of my uterus... You don't have a lot of hair on your uterus that you haven't brushed a lot. Not a lot of hair on my uterus. <laughs> I haven't brushed it very much. You know, I haven't really killed those senses. <laughs> so I think that it might be a really bad time. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I was told that having uh, an IUD put in while you are getting your period is the absolute best time this is exactly why i have my period right now because i'm on the pill so i was like well i'm just gonna make it happen make it so and uh that's that's why i did that well may the odds be ever in your favor (laughs) you poor thing I'm going to put on my big girl pants and I'm going to go and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat ice cream and watch terrible TV in my bed. So that was a big old conversation about contraception. But (laughs) I wanted to ask you a little bit about what it's like having a partner who does a podcast like this. Because when you guys, how long have you and Peter been dating? seven months as of yesterday oh that's really that's really nice that you know that (laughs) i have an app on my phone i don't remember this (laughs) you have an app specifically to remember your anniversary with peter or to remember other stuff as well it's got six or seven different things in it so when i first got it i was like oh this looks interesting I, i got it so that i could count up from the first day of school so that I can look at the students that are being total clowns and be like, you've been in school for 47 days. You need to get it together. Damn it. Right. So that was the the, the initial point of the app. And then uh, I've since put other things in there, like the date of my birth when I first met Peter. Like, Wait, because you can't remember your own birthday? Well, like, what if I want to know how many minutes it's been? Though? Oh, Okay, I understand. So it's an app that will count, like, it's been 17 hours since you last went to the bathroom, something like that. It will tell you, like... (laughs) You could. You could have it be like that. (laughs) 
you could you could make it do that but you might want to go for some longer period sort of stuff like relationships yeah okay okay and it also counts down so like if i'm super excited about an event coming up then i can have it counting down so what is this app oh i can't remember what it's called i don't have my phone i think it's called days until or something like that it was free. We will find out and we'll put it in the show notes if anyone is interested in utilizing that app. So you guys have been together for seven months and one day. Yes. Cute. Um, <laughs> and you live together. How long have you lived together for? July 29th, we got the keys and we, we moved in, I guess, probably the 1st of August. Hey. So like just under four months. That is the exact same trajectory that Peter and I had when we got together. Just in terms of Peter and I met and we started dating and three months later, we moved in together. But this is not the elevator, though. This was like other mitigating circumstances. Oh, I'm not. That's not a criticism. <laughs> I think that that was a great decision. I think it's. Pr- it sounds like it's also a great decision for you guys. It's been working out pretty damn well. Like, uh, it. Uh, do you know? Do you know what? Like how that came about? I think I know little bits and pieces, but you tell me. So we were hanging out and uh, we would talk about hypothetical things happening. Like, you know, I could see myself doing this with you. I could see myself doing that with you. And he was in a short-term rental place because he had just gotten to Canada. And my lease was up. So in Ontario, the way leases work is you lease for a year and then you go on month to month. And you can break your lease with two months advance warning. You can break your lease anytime and and just move out. So I hadn't renewed my lease. I was on month to month. And I was like, listen, uh, if you can see us living together, you need to be out of your current place at the end of July. You don't look like an axe murderer to me. (laughs) I don't think I look like an axe murderer to you. So what if we got a two bedroom place and then... Uh, if things work out, then awesome. And if things don't work out, well, it's like a maximum of a year. And I think that we would be fine as roommates if like things did not happen. So that's that's what happened there. That's how that happened. I love uh, that you built in an exit strategy. I mean, I think that's good for anyone to do, but it sounds like, and I can imagine the both of you having... A really practical conversation. Realism is so important. <laughs> like I know. know, but I think many people have an I have an idea that it's the death of romance, you know? I think it makes romance more comfortable, right? Because discussing not every eventuality, but discussing certain potential problems that might crop up, it, it definitely makes things easier to deal with when they actually do, if they do. When I was a bit younger and when I mean a bit younger, I mean, I think before I went out with Peter, definitely in my like teenagers, early 20s, mm-hmm. I really wanted my life to be like a movie and movies were really dramatic. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I really didn't want that comfortable thing. I wanted like, you know, like because the nature of love is it's it, the idea is that it's supposed to be about in some ways about emotional pain, you know, which I'm not for that anymore. I prefer not that idea of love. But um, I think a lot of people have that idea. Yes, a lot of people I'm sure have that idea. But fortunately, not a lot of people that I date have that idea. So. <laughs> You'd say it, it might be a hurdle requirement. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you guys have dated for seven months and one day. You've lived together for four months. On, I think, the previous episode that I just put up last week, Peter said that you are the love of his life, which was really What? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, wait on, what's that reaction? What do you mean? Well, I... <laughs> I don't I don't listen to the to the thing so but what do you mean by what like as in what I can't believe he would say that what about that is surprising the people based on their their spheres that they are in will communicate themselves differently right so yeah I mean it's not that um like I I have never received the face caress the look deeply into the eyes and say you know you you are the love of my life, right? Like, <laughs> to be fair, if it helps, Peter did say that to me. Like, he looked deeply into my eyes and he said, Lucy is the love of my life through Skype, <laughs> but uh, I could feel the touch on my face. <laughs> well, that does make me feel better. <laughs> there you go. Like, mar- markedly so. <laughs> So you said you've listened to three episodes, the first three episodes of this podcast? Mm-hmm. Peter sometimes asks me, and I think he finds it entertaining that I don't uh, listen to, not necessarily this one, but the one that he does with his brother. Oh, yeah. He processes through talking, right? So it makes sense that I would, if I wanted to know him better, I would listen to these things. But I find it fairly emotionally draining to listen to this one which is why i've only listened to three of them oh you know what that makes sense what about it do you find emotionally draining well i feel like i am listening into a conversation with two people that i get along with really well but i can't communicate at all during this conversation so there are things that i want to bring up that i can't bring up because it's like already passed and the voyeurism aspect of it is a little off-putting to me because it's non-participatory. So those two things I think are probably the biggest, but like I'm not like concerned that I will hear something that is off-putting. I'm not worried or, or upset by anything that I have heard. Yeah, it's just... The, it's weird. It's not a it's not a format that I'm used to. It's also not a format that I'm used to. I mean, I'm getting used to it now. This is this is a year in. <laughs> <laughs> but weird shit happens. I mean, I've also had oh it's quite a strange sort of thing to do. Like I don't think this podcast is a magical idea. I'm not like, oh my god, well the best idea ever. But it is a strange thing to actually do. Like, it comes out in weird ways. Like, I've had periods where my partner's, like, someone that my partner's dating, like, listened to the podcast and listened to an episode of me, like, talking about really, really struggling with polyamory. And that Mm -hmm. was really interesting because then they got a, like, massive insight into how I was feeling in this way that's, like, that you usually don't get access to. And (laughs) it's just really strange how that changes like your relationships because at the one time that stuff is curated at the other time it's still really honest in some ways well and too like I can imagine that people would gain huge insights listening to it just because it's your your heart's spilled out through audio and that's lovely 
<laughs> yeah, like, you say lovely like there's another like there's another side to that. I don't know if there is. I like I think it was just my my brain was thinking and they were computing at the same time as I was talking. So my intonation sometimes sounds like <laughs> I might I might be thinking something else but I'm not. <laughs> but I remember when I first met Peter it was it was really really important to me that you guys were doing this podcast. Oh really? Yeah, because my ex-husband is getting married on July 1st and I am the best man at his wedding. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> to finish that thought the fact that you guys talk to each other so frequently and have a podcast where it's like an actual thing that you have to keep up. It's not just casual hangouts. I don't know. I'm very, very polyamorous. And so being able to do well with people that you are not necessarily in a relationship with anymore is uh, super, super important to me. So, yes. And you are, it sounds like very good friends with your ex-husband. Uh, he's probably one of my best friends as is his fiance. She's one of my very favorite people. It was it's a love fest every time we talk to each other, you know, it's like disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of the other day um the other day we were all skyping together, like you, yeah. me and Peter, and I was just like, "Oh my god." La, 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 la. And you guys were making jokes and dropping me on the ground because I was on Skype, <laughs> and it was just really lovely because I think that was the f- I think that was the first time that we've kind of all hung out. If that makes sense, it was like a two hour long Skype conversation. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, I know. And yeah, I'm sorry I dropped you like three times. <laughs> the phone is under the couch, and I can see like giggling going on under there. And I'm sorry, <laughs> SJ, that I dropped you. <laughs> that's totally okay I was just I think that that kind of stuff can be really amazing and I think that the kinds of relationships that you can have with your exes is unlike any other yeah like someone who knows you or who knew you really well at a period of time like very intimately at a period of time yeah who can still know you well and intimately maybe not as intimately later I just think that there's an element of trust and like we've seen shit that that, <laughs> that that brings people together in a way that you just can't have in another relationship. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, people go out for a reason, but then relationships end for a reason. And hopefully both of those people that are in that relationship are with it enough that they can kind of pull the cord on things before it gets too angry and violent uh, emotionally where they don't want to talk to each other again because th- what a waste what a waste of time like life is short so why you know like that's why it makes me so happy that you guys talk so frequently and that you still love each other right like it's really really great oh this is such a love fest <laughs> 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 so when you and peter got together it sounds like you were not at all concerned in fact you were like i am glad that you are doing this thing this podcast yeah no totally not concerned at all the type of concerns that you have in a relationship when it's very early on and when you're moving in with somebody is it's not unlike the type of relationship concerns that you would have 
in any other place where you're thrown together with people like university roommates or, you know, people at summer camp that you're going to be spending the whole summer with in a cabin. Like you, you have questions and you ask them directly, hopefully to try to get out of the way, anything that might go bad, right. Or might be misunderstood, but no, I had I had no concerns. You're such a cool cucumber. Oh, I'm a cool cucumber. <laughs> That's the best. Oh man, I want to set that as my email signature. <laughs> uh, it's really nice talking to you and having this overwhelming thought that I think that you are much better for Peter than I was for Peter. As in, like, I think you guys make a lot more sense and being just really genuinely happy for both of you does that make sense does it is it because i look like i'm good at ignoring him (laughs) you've got a good patience face (laughs) (laughs) so in terms of the podcast you said you've listened to three episodes yeah you're really pro the podcast super pro how does it affect your life if at all does it affect your life well, sometimes when you guys are recording and I'm trying to be a super sneaky ninja and I have to pee and then I can't because I don't want to interrupt, that is pretty much the extent. Or like if I can, because you guys both wear headphones when you're recording, I can only hear half of the conversation if I happen to be home while you're recording. So I try to do something where I am not able to listen because I always want to say something. What are the kinds of things that you want to say? Like, is there is there a theme? Um, no, it's just like, just overall when, when you're talking, I know that you were talking about current events. You were talking about things that had happened between the two of you. You were talking about weird shit that Canadians do that is a recent discovery, right? Like, doesn't necessarily matter what it is, but if I hear it and I'm like, oh, oh, I could, th- yes, the thing, I want to say the thing. I have important information. I have a way of contributing. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's been it's been nice practice to help me uh, calm myself. But yeah, I that's pretty much it. Needing to pee and not having input. Those are the only two ways really that it's affected my life. <sighs> Such a cool customer. Such a cool customer. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You're allowed to be a cool customer. You're allowed to be a cool customer. That's totally fine. And a cool custard. Can I be a cool custard? Hey, wait on. you got to say another really cool custard thing before I can. You, it's like, give me the opportunity. <laughs> so in preparation for this episode, we asked people online whether they had any questions for you or for me, or for us, to talk about. And do you want to hear them? I'm curious. Is that dangerous? Like, putting questions out? Like, do you do you find that you do that? You, do you do that frequently? No. Do you put questions out to people? Oh, so it can really be a mixed bag. So should I be concerned? I'm looking at the questions right now. <laughs> no. Okay. No, I don't think you need to be concerned. I'll answer any of the questions that you ask me. I think that this is the most potentially racy question that we have. And I, I, this is... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not very racy. Uh, All right. <laughs> It is, what does Lucy hope to accomplish with any future spin-off podcast after slash if he and Peter break up? 
That's the most racy question because it's like, yeah, there's a possibility of you guys breaking up. I was like, oh, can I ask Lucy that question? Is that really rude? Um, well, the listeners are in for a treat because being honest with my ex's ex will be the first spinoff. <laughs> it'll just be it'll just be you and I Skyping. except they're like you know we get along so well that there won't be any disagreement so it might be boring as shit but you know i was recently hosting (laughs) a panel discussion on a conversational podcast and and we were talking about this question of like what makes a good what makes a good podcast and i definitely am not an expert but i we realize that conflict not necessarily like people fighting all the time but people having different ideas about something actually makes for going on a journey yeah it makes for a really interesting kind of thing to listen to if it's just like two people who agree on everything that's less that's less interesting well i mean i i don't think that i would be recording a podcast that's just me sobbing into a microphone for 45 minutes okay because that's sometimes what this podcast is You you haven't listened to enough of it to know, I and I don't know this. And you only hear one side of like if you're around and we're recording, you only hear one side of it. But there's an yeah. ongoing joke, which is that I cry like almost every episode. I not so much anymore. I haven't cried in like the last five episodes. It's been amazing. <laughs> and what's funny is that I think that because Peter only experiences me through the podcast through recording the podcast. I think he had this idea that I I cry a lot, which, you know, I do cry a lot, but most of it's in the podcast now. <laughs> most of it is most of the crying that happens in my life exclusively happens on the podcast. So my boyfriend makes you cry, that's what happens. You guys record <laughs> once a week and it's just <laughs> me wanting to say things, not being able to pee and you crying. <laughs> And I'm emotionally exhausted by only the three it's, episodes. It is a very <laughs> lovely experience. Oh, yeah. No, no. I think sometimes it is absolutely emotionally exhausting, like so emotionally exhausting. We did one episode. This is really fun because you haven't listened to any of it. I don't remember all the episodes because <laughs> there's quite a few of them now. But we did one where I read out the first and I think only uh, love letter that Peter had written, which was to me, Oh, which is from years ago. And I just lost my shit completely. Like I completely lost my shit. Oh, that would make me cry. Also. Oh man, that's great. (laughs) Also, I was way more, Peter didn't expect that I would get upset over it because at the time he sent it to me in an email I didn't reply and I was apparently not very appreciative. I was like, oh, yeah, that was nice. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Like, so I don't know. But reading back on it, I was like, wow, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, was it like what were the tears of when you were reading it or having it read back to you? I think at that point I was having a really difficult time. And part of it was, like, sad about how, like, that kind of love that we had then, neither of us thought that we could actually have that again because it's a kind of naivety that we had lost. And then also this bit of, like, yeah, just, like, I don't know if, like, I don't know if that's possible again. Or also, like, I can't believe I didn't appreciate this more. Or, you know, it's kind of bound up in a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
yeah, mostly the podcast is uh, Peter saying controversial stuff, me crying. <laughs> like we talked about in the warm up, the episode where Peter said that going out with me prepared him for having a child because elements of going out with me was similar to having a child. And I just lost my shit <laughs> on that one. That's the type of thing that a person would say and would have to expect some type of emotional response. You can't not expect something like that. Like, oh. You said before in the warm-up that this podcast is, like, it sounds like, because you you haven't listened to all of it, mostly it's just us getting together each week to poke each other with giant sticks. Yes. But we worked it out. It's actually more like us playing with giant cat toys with each other in, like, a very loving, <laughs> playful way. But... Uh, <laughs> end up getting big reactions out of each other <laughs> well and it's it's good that you guys have the the dynamic where you can do that repeatedly and there's no animosity and you are clearly interested in coming back the following week to do it again uh there's sometimes been i don't know actually realize i don't know what the word animosity completely means what does the word animosity mean are you gonna google it to the google quick okay animosity Strong hostility. Oh, no, we've definitely had that before. <laughs> I think there's been episodes where I felt really weird about stuff, but then we've come back and sorted that out on the podcast. So it becomes this like just this big loop. Like most of it happens on the podcast. So more questions. Okay. Okay. Oh, this one's a hard one. What advice would SJ have for Lucy? I don't know. I, uh... I really don't think that I have any advice. Do you have any advice? Like, do you have any advice for you for dating Peter? Um, use words. Use your words. <laughs> use your words. Use your words. Words work well. It's super important. Um, I recently have become much, much better with using my words. And as much as I like it when I am able to read people's minds and guess what they want and then get it for them. That's fabulous. Uh, the ability to use your words is, is super, super important. And um, I think that we are both good at that. And oh man, talk about things before they turn into like explosions of awful. Like, I don't know, when, <laughs> when a person starts getting irritated and uh, they're able to use their words before it becomes a big problem. Like, I don't, I don't know if Peter would agree, but I don't feel like we've had any huge arguments. You've had no fights? No. <laughs> You're doing a good job. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sure there's been, there's been little things. There, there have been things that have been like, we'll, we'll be talking and one of us will say, this is what I see for the future. And the other person will go, sorry, pardon, what? Oh, as in you both having different ideas of what your futures will look like. Yeah. So there's been there's been stuff like that and then we talk about it and then sometimes it's a to be continued and sometimes it's uh settled right away, but yeah, I don't like there's been there's been no no arguments that I like big stupid arguments. That's so wonderful. We're we're busy. <laughs> we're busy people. We, get, we are other, too busy to do. for arguments. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really nice way of looking at it see I on the other hand <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say this I went to a 
I went to a workshop on the weekend on accusations and conflict uh, with my partner. And then we were like, this is great. We're amazing. Great work. Four-hour workshop on conflict. And then we got into my car and then we had a very tired, hour and a half long, rambling sort of like mess of like disagreements about old things. And we were like, this is really stupid. I can't believe that we just came out of a workshop and did this. We should stop. We need to stop. But yeah. It wasn't planned because that sounds like it would be the perfect (laughs) planned and recorded. It's like, you know, it's Gonzo's sketch comedy. (laughs) He doesn't know he's involved in it. It's just happening. What, you didn't want to argue after the argument workshop? Come on, <laughs> We were like, well, now that we have all of our skills, we can just utilize them really well. We don't do that that often, but sometimes uh, we get into a space where, you know, you're like, we say maybe like five or six times, we should leave it there. I just wanted to say that, blah, 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 and then it keeps going on and on and on, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was wondering, actually, how do you deal with Peter's analogies um do you get that yeah he gives me analogies all of the time because that's how his brain works well making connections that is definitely important i think two major relationships ago almost exclusively spoken analogies <laughs> and the, the person that i was with was just so frustrated by it all of the time that it's been kind of like shaken out of me a little bit but wait on when you I, used to speak in analogies all the time yeah like as of maybe five or six years ago it was it was analogies were the way that I would that I would say everything it's all logic and analogies oh wow so, oh my gosh the further we go into this conversation the more I realize that you know how you know how there's that story about like how everyone was actually two people joined together and how like from God Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and there's a whole song about it. Maybe it is from that. Okay, I'm terrible. Don't don't expose that. I don't know that movie. It's called The Origin of Love, the song. Hey, and then everyone. Amazing. So everyone is two people stuck together, and they get cut in half, and you're all wandering around the world trying to find your other half bit so that then you're whole again, and that's kind of the concept of soulmates. And I don't even believe in that concept. But this conversation is making me feel like maybe that thing actually does exist. If you two both like analogies that much, it sounds like. It's, yeah, well, they're just, they're useful. useful. (laughs) Being being really, really logical and, oh, fuck, the the way he makes points where it's all based on fact and referring back to statements that have been previously made. That is also something that I do, and it's so great. And that's why if I, if I ever go, hey, man, I feel like I said this and you said this. And he goes, oh, hold on a second. Let me look. And then he does it, like, really expediently. And I'm like, all right, well, that settles that. Done. Okay, see, that sounds great. But I feel like I've entered an alternate universe in which all of the things that frustrate me about Peter, someone else has found that they work perfectly for them. <laughs> and uh, it's a very strange feeling. <laughs> That's really cool, though, that you guys... So, wait, you also make analogies? Because 
because constantly because because like Pete has a tendency to make um analogies that are like just ab- abstracted from the situation does that make sense yeah like his analogies sometimes have such a tenuous connection for his listener <laughs> that it it's problematic I feel like major differences in his communication style and my communication style is that we consider the listener in different ways. You'll notice I'm not making analogies during this conversation because I know that you and I haven't spoken enough for me to know that that conversation style works with you. Oh my God. So, Can, like, oh, so you would like, you would not do that because you don't know if that works for me. I am considering your needs as a listener because, you know, Anybody who's taken any any media or knows anything about semiotics and like, you know, how messages are sent and received, it's not just like output, right? I can't just rely on on my output. Okay, now I've said it. I've said the thing. Now you need to fucking get it because I've said it. Well, that's awful. But what if I'm I'm speaking in a language that you don't understand? What if I'm what if I'm using words that don't make any sense? What if I'm making analogies and you don't relate to that? Like it's it's an irresponsible way to communicate, so I don't. But you were saying that Peter does that differently? I think that Peter considers his listener in a different way, whereas I just kind of do what is absolutely, I'm, I'm assuming, going to be the most comfortable thing for the person that I'm talking to. I feel like he is more inclined to push people to meet him somewhere in the middle. Huh. Which sometimes creates discomfort uh, and conflict on both people's parts. But in the end, could it potentially be healthier? I think, I think yes. I think that my communication style is much less likely to end in conflict, but it's also much more likely that I will end up acquiescing. Yeah. You know, Does that makes sense. Yeah. I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately in terms of emotional labor and that in terms of how we communicate so mm-hmm. like the the one that you describe that you do more where you're really considering and accommodating towards what you think your listeners needs would be mm-hmm. kind of takes in my mind like takes a lot of energy I don't know if I like the word yielding but where you're making room for someone else whereas the other one is a bit less like that yes it's interesting how that works out though like what's the right way because I think sometimes the conversation is that and I think it becomes a gendered thing there's a kind of gender conversation around this that kind of you know women are socialized to to yield and acquiesce more does this make sense it does make sense but there's also over top of that I have real problems with putting a gendered lens on things when they apply to certain situations. Like I understand how I was socialized, but I also understand that as a trans person, being from an upper middle class background, being a first language English speaker in English speaking country, being white, being all of the things that I am makes it so that I've got so many assets so that the thought of being gendered wasn't necessarily a huge thing when I was growing up. I didn't even really realize that I was uh, that I was a girl until I started going through puberty. 
Oh, right. So that gendered lens and all of the things that I've luckily had, all of the assets that I that I grew up with, makes it really hard for me to put a, a gendered lens on, on that and say I'm being uh, oppressed because... I grew up a certain way and I'm more acquiescent just by nature. Well, like maybe I don't feel necessarily that that relates to me. I feel like it's a stretch for other people. Sure. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I guess we all kind of relate to that stuff differently. Well, I mean, you could put a lens of ableism on it. You could put a lens of language and linguistic ability on it. But in this, I don't know. I think probably the most relevant is that I... I'm in the business of making sure that people understand and internalize, right? It's what I do for a career, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense to me, anyway. That that would be something that you've particularly honed because your job is to communicate and, like, make sure that people receive that information. So my relationship with Peter has prepared me for children. <laughs> He is. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Wait on. Can you finish that sentence? Like, how would that sentence have ended? Was there an end? Yeah, there was. It was going to be exactly what he said to you because I'm a smartass. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Very happy. <laughs> A bunch of these questions we've already answered, which is like, have you listened to the show? All that kind of stuff. There's one here that's... See, you notice that all of these questions are actually more like about Peter and like being in a relationship with Peter. We ask for questions for me to talk about. We also ask for questions for Peter to talk to someone that I'm dating, mm -hmm. which we're not actually... I don't think we're going to end up doing that episode right now, but maybe in the future. But all of the questions that we got basically were talking about what it's like being in a relationship with Peter. Almost no one asks questions specifically of <laughs> about me. Like there's one here that's, what's one quirk of Peter that annoys Lucy? And I was like, no, they didn't ask. What's one quirk of SJ that is super annoying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there one quirk of Peter's that, that annoys you? Uh, yeah, well, there's like more than one. <laughs> Your eyebrows just went up involuntarily. That's awesome. <laughs> Did they? Uh, it's just a nervous twitch I have. <laughs> if we're joking around, I frequently will have to be very, very firm to get him to stop joking around. Oh, because Peter has that rule of like, well, I don't know if he still has it now, but if you're laughing, then I can keep going. Um, That I would put a gendered lens on. Oh, really? Yeah. Like that type of thing, like... Is the word that I'm looking for assumed consent that I have problems with, and that has never come up in conversation. But it would be interesting to see if that were a thing because, yeah, I disagree with that, and I have such faith in his ability to understand new information that I feel like if that were still a thing that he were subscribing to, it's only because he doesn't understand just how that sounds. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think that that's something he still does. I think that he particularly used to do it when he was younger and uh like this kind of like you can't be angry because you're also laughing at my joke. Does that make sense? It's complicated, but that's interesting that you would see that as um as gendered. That does make sense. Well, 
female-bodied people typically tend to laugh when they're uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? That it just, that's how that is. So. (laughs) My psychologist tells me I have this pattern of when I feel uncomfortable, I will laugh and then yawn and then cry. (laughs) That's like, (laughs) that's my process, which I got to say, pretty spot on. (laughs) Also hard to tell if I am both telling a joke that is funny or listening to a joke that is funny and then also tired. Like you just, if those two things are happening at once, though, there's probably going to be some tears happening at some stage. Oh, my God. Why are you so adorable? How come? (laughs) You're pretty much just the best. Like, really? Really? Oh. Yeah. That's really nice. Wow. 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 (laughs) So do you have any other quirks about Peter that annoy you? Uh, Yes. When I am tidying things up, I tend to pick up after myself as I make messes uh he waits until the end I don't know there's no plates left <laughs> but there the way to solve that is to get a cleaning person ah. like I, I don't wait until I've got absolutely no underpants left to do a load of laundry right like I just I am on your team there on your team yeah people are gonna come over uh with with no warning and then uh I have problems with people seeing a non-public face for me, they came over and my place were a deplorable mess and I was covered in food because I'd been eating chips on the couch and they were all over like that's this is not something that people need to see. He honestly doesn't care what people think of him. So. <laughs> like, I'll tell you a story. The one of the first dates that we went on was to the Royal Ontario Museum. We had been going out for maybe I don't know, a month, a month and a half at this point. And we were going to go to a board game meetup after the museum. So the plan was I was going to meet him at the museum. We'd walk around and then we would go to this meetup. And then and then we were going to go out to a friend's place. So I get to the museum and both of us dye our hair, right? Right now my hair is yellow and bright green and bright blue. And his hair is usually blue. And... Wait on, do you guys dye your hair together? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. That is just, that is just too cute. Do, it's a little oh, cute. that is really cute. When we met, my hair was blue. Yeah. And before our first date, I dyed my hair purple because I was like, no, I cannot, I cannot go out with somebody <laughs> who's the same color as mine. So I have given wow. up blue. You gave up blue for Peter. Yeah. I haven't dyed my hair color in ages, but at one point when Peter and I was going out, I dyed my underarm hair and my pubic hair bright pink, but I had to get him to help me do it because like, I don't know, like if you can picture what position you need to be in to have hair dye on your underarms and your pubic hair and not on the rest of you, it's a very vulnerable position that you need to be lying in and you need someone to help you. <laughs> I think that was one of our most intimate moments. So anyway, back to the story. You guys were going to a board game meetup. So I show up to the museum and Peter literally has dye all over his face. <laughs> it's- this is before we'd moved in together. So he's living with like at a share house type of thing. And I was like, oh, hi. And I'm just 
mortified. It's like, yeah, like if, if that had have happened to me, I would have called in sick for work. Like, you know, I just, I can't. So I, at one point said, would you like to go to my house before, or my apartment before we go to this board game thing? Because I've got stuff that can take that off really easily. And it's like, SJ, it was on his, it was on his fucking nose. Like, it was everywhere. And he's like, no, I'm fine. Oh, are you? Okay. And then this, and when I say, wait a, wait a, so had he he dyed his hair and he just gotten it all over his face in the process? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So, so this was my, when I said earlier, uh, advice for people dating Peter: use your words. So this was one of the first instances where I uh, said, "Yeah, so you are not uncomfortable. I am uncomfortable." <laughs> This is killing me. And he's like, well, it's not your face. So there's that. And then I was like, I took a breath, right? And I was like, wait, wait. And to, to myself, in my own head, I was like, wait, he's right. It's not my face. So let me just take a step back, take a breath, and not try to be upset about this. And so the whole rest of the evening, I'm sure that... The conversation ended for him, like, you know, you, we stopped talking about it. It was done as far as he was concerned. But for me, I was very, very much focused on that. Like, well, how do I feel right now? I am in public with a person <laughs> who is kissing me, who is letting everybody know that I am there with them. There's no two ways about it. That you approve of <laughs> the amount of hair dye on his face. And he's just like... Okay, so I do stupid things around my students all of the time because I think it's funny and because they think it's funny. So I've got this hat where it's got a mustache that Velcros to the front of it and you can peel the mustache off. It's made of fabric and it's got this like nose pinchy thing. So you can peel it off your hat and then stick it under your nose and you can wear it and it stays there when you take your hands away. I sometimes will have conversations with students wearing this mustache and I'll be like, what, what are you, what are you laughing at? It's just my face. What's your problem? And we have this whole joke because they're just at a developmental stage where they're realizing how old are they? Uh, the youngest ones are three and the eldest ones are 12. Yeah. An adult wearing a fake mustache and not realizing it's there is like prime time hilarity. That is yeah. good quality yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, fu- it's funny, funny stuff, right? So all I could think of while he's having at this board game meetup, these conversations that are very serious with other adults. <laughs> and I can see their eyes drifting down to the dye all over his face and then back up and they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> But it was very freeing to just go, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to give a shit that this is going on right now. I'm going to be okay with it. It's not, he's right. It's not my face. So there you go. That would be a quirk of Peter's. I can absolutely, like, I can hear Peter saying, (laughs) well, it's not your face. Uh, point one, it's not your face. Point two, <laughs> refer to point one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that what you've what you've perfectly 
exposed there is the is the underbelly of what it means to go out with someone who has little to no shame, which is that they might make you feel embarrassed sometimes. But fortunately, I'm also definitely aware of how different my needs are as far as not embarrassing myself publicly go. So for as foreign and weird as it is uh, that that I would have to deal with that from him, he has to deal with this total polar opposite from me, right? So totally, absolutely. Understanding <laughs> that you have a sort of like a want to keep up appearances and that phrase is usually used in a negative way, but to, you know, like have a certain look about yourself, which is understandable. Yeah. And that that doesn't make sense to him in some ways yeah and that's and that's fine like I think we're both pretty patient with each other with regard to that I mean sometimes things that you wouldn't even consider because they seem to you to be just a a completely obvious thing have to be explicitly said yes right because we don't we don't necessarily have the same understanding going into things but yeah it's been a magical magical voyage Seven months in one day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that Peter has a particularly big capacity for kind of like, because he can be really upfront and like kind of clear about things and good at having difficult conversations and all that kind of stuff. It seemed like you were also very good at that. I think that he can actually develop relationships quite quickly does that make sense? Because in some ways he has kind of less bullshit to sort of get through. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, it, it must because I'm living with him, you know, <laughs> like three, three months in. So, yes, I will definitely vouch for the <laughs> quick, quick to form relationships. Well, thing. I remember when Peter and I moved in together after three months, like there was a lot of people who were like that was that's a stupid idea that's a really stupid idea did they tell you this before you guys moved in together i'm sure of it i'm sure people thought that but also we were a bit younger and so people cared less i think you know as in like when you're in your 20 22 23 stage people are like ah oh, that's a bad idea whatever you know you go do that. <laughs> Everyone's doing shit that doesn't totally make sense. You have fun with that one. That's outstanding. <laughs> but did your friends have that when you were like, yeah, we're going to move in together? Well, as I was slowly telling people that this was a thing, right? Because I had to close off my lease at the old place. And then we had two months during which I was packing and so I was letting people know and trying to weasel people into coming to my place to help me move my substantial amount of stuff. I mean, there's always going to be friends that are totally dishonest with you, right? Like, hey, do you think this is a good idea? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards... They're like, I never thought that was a good idea. One of, one of my other friends, right? Like, I've never had that happen to me personally, but one of my other friends just had a marriage implode after a very short amount of time, like six months to the day. Wow. And... She's now receiving a huge amount of feedback from people, none of which has been positive, saying, yeah, I always thought that guy sucked, right? Like, super unhelpful. Well, a lot of people, and I can understand, I can, I can understand this opinion that, like, it's actually really difficult to give that feedback to your 
friends. Like I've been in, like sometimes it happens where you're in a romantic relationship and if your friends are like critical of the person that you're with, that actually just makes a like us and them and you have to sort of mm-hmm. choose which team you're on and that. Yeah. I think there's other ways of navigating that kind of feedback, but I know that that pattern can happen and that's like leaves people a bit more isolated. Well, when I was getting ready to move in with Peter, I mean, my, my parents said, no, I, I think you know what you're doing. You're old enough. Like I have, I have faith in your ability, right? You're not making a, a reckless decision. And, you know, you guys both seem like you get along really well, which we do. So I had, I guess, two or three friends who um, smoke and drink a fair amount and I enjoy drinking beer, and so I will hang out with them. And there is beer drinking and video gaming and going to the cottage. Oh, my God. You guys have – that's right. Canadians have cottages. Yeah, he hasn't gone uh, once. And he actually – I said, hey, we're going cottaging. Do you want to come? And he's like, do you know what that means? And I'm like, you're going to a house in the woods. And he's like, can you look that up on Urban Dictionary? <laughs> And apparently cottaging means something different if you're not from Canada. What does cottaging mean? Cottaging means um, cruising for uh, gay sex. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I had, uh, I had friends that I, that I cottage with, but in the, in the Canadian way, not in the uh, not gay in, sex not type the, of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because Peter doesn't drink or smoke or do any of that type of thing, I had two or three friends say, like, you're going to move in with this guy, and I can tell it's, like, a little on the serious side, and you're going to totally change, and, like, I'm totally uncomfortable with that, so. Have you totally changed? Uh, no. I don't, I don't think I have. Um, I know that when you're living with somebody and you really enjoy time with them, if one person is not drinking and the other person is having a few beers, it puts you on different levels and that's not very pleasant. So I definitely drink less beer than I used to. So the the friends that I hang out with that that do that are I have noticed. Or like, oh we'll go to a yeah. restaurant and instead of ordering a scotch or instead of ordering like a Caesar or gin and tonic, I'll be like, oh I'll have a soda water. And this is not something that it happened very often. Mm. Uh, before I'm much much more likely to to do that now so it throws people off they're they're you've changed uh, man yeah you've you've changed what's that okay so we have to wrap up that there's one there's one more question that I want to ask you okay so one of the most difficult things that I find about being in a relationship with Peter whatever matter that is but particularly being in a relationship with Peter and doing this podcast together is that he gets, as you know, he gets hate mail and I have a difficult time dealing with that. And then I was like, I wonder, like, how do you, like, because we talked about on the podcast before that when Peter and I were together, because we were like, we're going to be together forever. And we were totally right about that. It made every kind of thing more there was more anxiety around it of like, oh, we can't agree on this thing and we're going to be together forever. How are we going to solve this thing? Oh, my God. (laughs) Fuck. That's really cute. (laughs) Especially because you were flailing your arms like a Muppet. Made it even better. So I realized that I 
I was wondering how you do with that, particularly if you are thinking that you're going to be in a relationship with Peter for a while. I don't mean a while to mean anything in particular, but a long time, I hope. And uh, Peter's probably only going to get more of a public profile, I imagine, and potentially more feedback. It's also potentially negative. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, or I think, how am I going to deal with that? And then I think... How do you feel about that? Um, I think it's the type of thing that any major concern has to be addressed multiple times. And there needs to be an understanding that opinions and thoughts and feelings will vacillate, sometimes based on current mood, how exhausted we are when we're having a conversation about it, right? Like, he let me uh, read one letter that he got. I was in no mood to see it, and it was really upsetting. And he was like, I should maybe not show you these things anymore (laughs) because that's upsetting, and I don't want to upset you. What about it did you find upsetting? Um, That somebody would reach through the internet with awful words that they wouldn't use to somebody's face. Yeah, right. Was there an element of similar to before of like, well, it's not your face. It, there, there was an element of it's not my face, but I also knew that um, that saying that was just kind of to appease myself mm. and make myself feel a little bit better about the fact that there had been this thing that was really, really upsetting that I just read. And I, I have problems listening to this podcast because I can't, I can't respond to it. Yeah. The the thing with hate mail is that you could respond to it, but not in a meaningful way that will create any type of constructive discourse. You know, like if somebody leaves you a negative eBay review or a negative Yelp review, there's the potential that you could fix it. But chances are people that send off like vitriolic, awful Mm. things don't want to be appeased. Right. They're not interested in communicating on such a level. It's just like, you know, shouting into the dark. That's pretty much all that they're doing. So it's it's frustrating because, I mean, on the one hand, I see the person that I love so very much is, is having these things sent to him. And despite the fact that he says that it doesn't bother him, it does a little bit like it has to. So there's that. And it's just such a waste, a waste of resources and a waste of time to do that. So I also kind of ache for the, the people that send these types of things. Like, what the hell are you doing with your time? Why? Why? Yeah, I think anger is a very uh, powerful emotion. I'm trying to think of if I've ever sent hate mail before. I don't think I have. I don't think. Maybe some bad reviews on stuff. Yeah. I'm sure that I have expressed my displeasure at things in the heat of the moment. I'm sure everybody has. I'm sure that that's happened. But I like to not write these things down or have them like committed to electronic memory. Like I don't, I don't need that. So if I'm upset, I will use my words and not not have them recorded or typed. (laughs) Like, really? So I don't know. I'm I'm sure that I will deal with any more hate mail that happens as Peter has a larger presence over time. But I also would expect that the way he deals with it will change. And the type of hate mail and the people that are sending it will change because 
people evolve. Mm. So he might be irritating one subset of people one day, but <laughs> maybe he will he will stop irritating them, and as he evolves as a person, will start irritating a whole <laughs> new batch of people. <laughs> I think what's been interesting is that there's been times where we've gotten like negative emails about something that Peter said and then it's actually sometimes it's actually evolved into quite a good conversation Mm -hmm. like sometimes the person's come back and be like okay I was pretty angry when I wrote that first thing but I do stand by this thing that I said and that's it's actually been really nice to see that process work and also Peter actually I think he responds to pretty much every piece of mail no matter what kind of mail it is, which is kind of amazing. I think he might be going to get coffee with someone who sent a mail, I think, calling him a giant douchebag. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike you and I, who uh, take a different tack when it comes to answering email. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or checking email. Oh, my God. You're like, are you like me? (laughs) Yes, I am just a touch like you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just me. No, there are dozens of us, literally dozens. <laughs> I'd say that there's more than dozens. I'd say that there's like potentially millions. There's so many sad emails sitting in inboxes that will never get read. That sounds like a really good ukulele song. There's so many emails. Actually, I agree. I agree. There's a podcast that I listen to, Reply All. They made a kind of holiday. It's called Email Debt Forgiveness Day. And once a year, <laughs> you have one day where what you can do is you can take any email that like it's been so like way too long like that you haven't replied to it in and you just put a link to the email debt forgiveness day explanation and then you respond as if you've replied in a timely manner oh my god that's brilliant yeah oh my god (laughs) anyway we have to finish up but this was really nice It was really nice. You're good people. You're good people too. Multiple. Oh, man. (laughs) You are more than one good person. Oh, man. Like, that's a lot of people. (laughs) Are you ready to start recording being honest with my ex's ex? Like when Peter and I break up? Yes. Yes, I am. That'll be a thing. Yes. Perfect. Okay, so we've locked it in already. (laughs) It might be years and years from now. It might be never. It might be tomorrow. I don't think it will be, though, because, you know... (laughs) If you guys do break up in like, like say it's like 30 years time, I feel like we need to do at least one episode of being (laughs) honest with my ex's ex. I feel like that's a requirement. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you for doing this. I I don't want this to sound patronizing, but I think that you're very brave for doing this. That might make you a little bit worried. Wait, why? What's nah, what's brave? I think that maybe only just because I still find doing this podcast difficult sometimes. And particularly when we started doing it, I was just terrified. But I don't think you have anything to be afraid of. But I think that it's a thing that a lot of people wouldn't do. So I think that's a good thing about you. Well, I mean, you're very easy to talk to. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you. and i'll talk to you soon yay bye bye Bye. thank you for listening to the extended edition of episode 50 we'll be back with regular programming next week and as i mentioned at the top of this episode peter has just launched his latest kickstarter 
It's like going like hot sauce if hot sauce was a thing that went really quickly. You can check it out at ninjutsugame.com. Speak to you next week. Bye-bye.